Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to our 100th episode. Yay! What? Amazing. Amazing. 100. One. Zero, zero. I, did you think we'd make it How here? How does this seem possible? I have no idea. <laughs> I tried not to think about it. As we along. <laughs> so 100 episodes. Um, wow. Oh, I even had how many hours it was. Let me see if I, I'll have to see if I can find it. Um, it's something like 30 something hours. Many is that hours. what it it's is? Many hours. That seems many, many impossible. Hours. And 7,500 listens, thanks to you, wonderful audience members. You're here. Um, yeah, 100 episodes. We got there kind of quickly in the end because we were originally um, recording sort of once every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we were really diligent, and it was every other week. Right. And then COVID <laughs> happened. Right. Oh. And then we had to take some time because, whew. We needed to take some time and figuring out also how to like record a podcast when we're in different spaces and yes. places and all of the just like chaos that ensued. And then we were like, you know, what we should do. We should go weekly. We got on track. <laughs> we got on track. And here we are. I think it shows uh, the benefits sometimes of taking a step back. Yeah. You know, and really regrouping, just bringing it down to zero. Yeah. And that can be helpful, obviously, in a lot of ways in life. I don't know why we don't do that more often as individuals when something just kind of needs to be rethought. Just stop it for a bit. Just pause. And then bring it back up. Yeah. Time's right. I like that. And also this idea, you know, and not to put too fine a point up, but like we have this space now. Oh, boy. We have systems. We have infrastructure. It's beautiful. It's really exciting. I was actually telling Linda uh, last week how much easier editing the podcast is. Oh, that's great. So I think every episode used to take me like an hour and a half. Mm. And I mm-hmm. think last week's episode took me like 10 minutes. Oh my heavens. <laughs> Happy days are here again. It was real, truly, truly. And that has benefited other things because we record the weekly Eat Blast message now. We do. From here. And that's also easier to record. Is so it much easier. So. Yeah. Every day in every way. Well, it's not even that it's easier. It's just more streamlined. Yes. You know, it's yeah. a system. Helps a I lot. love to celebrate a system. Yeah. Um, which is so nice. Yeah. So on Mondays, we record three different things. We record because we record the weekly message. Mm-hmm. And then we have this recording. Podcast. And then we have our live stream at noon, which is so It's fun. a busy Monday. Yeah. If you're a podcast listener who hasn't yet caught our YouTube live stream, we'd love to invite you there. It's, you know, it's fun to catch after the fact. But I think it's even more fun to catch it if you're near a computer at noon. Yeah. Grab your lunch, be part of the conversation. It's really fun. It's been it's been such a joy to have people raise, you know, offer questions or thumbs up or Absolutely. words of encouragement. Yeah. We go on tangents. We really do. <laughs> it starts there. It goes there. It yeah. Finishes up over there. Yeah. So if you so we started the podcast, I said in like the end of twenty seventeen. Um, do you have any, any particularly special memories of recording so far? I'm putting you on the spot. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. Sorry. Surprise. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Memory engage. Well, I just, the thing that really calls out to me is the fact that 
consistency matters. You know, mm -hmm. it's not so much the one special episode as it is all of them in combination. Right. But once we did get on track, I, I also think the one thing that's been very enjoyable uh, is just the the conversations that we've had around all kinds of topics. Yeah. I've loved it. It's really special. Uh, spanned the time and uh, topics and we've gone all over the place right and that's that's been fun and enjoyable absolutely so. we've come a long way from the choir roving closet we really have you know <laughs> we've recorded in some pretty bizarre places to get some <laughs> some good sound so. well yeah because we started because we started in in your office oh and then was... the, the heating has a squeal <laughs> Which if you go back, which I don't recommend that you do, frankly, um, but if you choose to <laughs> make a trip down memory lane to our nine minute first episode, um, we there's like a squeal that I kind of was able to edit out, kind of. Um, and then we went, I think, into the meeting room for a minute and we tried the parlor for a minute, oh. all of which are not optimal. Tried everything. Tried everything. The choir robing closet actually acoustically. Yeah, that was is ideal. It was wonderful. Because it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a closet <laughs> with all the choir robes in it. And the choir uses it to like, you know, put on their robes at the beginning of before worship. So there's a little space in there. It's not like it's so tiny, but we had like a little chair, a little table. A little we drag thing. in there. And we brought guests in there. We did. <laughs> Drag them in there with oh, us. Like, come to the closet. Yeah. Um, it was acoustically great. And then once we... <laughs> Maybe that's all we can say about it's it. That's all. It's, that was its strength. Um, and then once we went to a video format, which was actually an outcome of COVID, mm -hmm. because we were recording on Zoom, so the audio quality took a dive, but that's Zoom for you, mm -hmm. and recording through our computers. You right. know, it's called making do. Mm -hmm. Um we kind of liked having a video version too. And so we just kind of kept it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just going back to your question for a moment. Oh, please do. The one thing that I think has been wonderful and we can see that it has even more potential going into the future is the results from the fact that we re often record with guests mm -hmm. and then those guests use the podcast. Yeah in the service of their mission. And a perfect example of that would be the recent conversation we had with Rachel Kornfeld, uh -huh. Executive Director of Jewish Family Services in Greenwich. They've been instrumental in settling a family of Afghani evacuees locally. When the first family arrived, what was practically the first thing that she did, she took the podcast that you had sent her and she put the link to that as, uh, as a newsletter item when she wanted to let you know all of her folks know about the arrival of this family. And she said, if you want to know more about the background, go to this podcast, yeah. Round Hill Radio. Yeah. And others are using the podcast that we create with them, which is yeah. a great way to spread the love. Yeah, we appreciate it so much. Actually, some of our most listened to episodes are with guests because it enables us to connect with people we might not have already connected with, you know. And it, it always boggles my mind. I'm going to try to pull this up as I'm introducing my, my thought. Um, that we really have listeners, and I, again, boggles the mind, from all around the world. Um, and it's really amazing. I'm going to pull it up in here in a second. We have some stats. Um, obviously, most of our listeners are in Greenwich. Well, did you know our second highest listenership is in Columbus? Which I'm assuming is Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Um, or South Carolina. It's hard to know. 
Um, but either way, we love you, Columbus. Thank you for listening. That's great. All time second uh, listen most listenership in the country, country wise, the United Kingdom. Hi guys, thanks for listening. Thank you. We appreciate it. That's and fantastic. Then, you will never guess the third runner-up unless you can see the screen right now, which is Russia. <laughs> well, we're delighted that you're part of so this. So everyone is welcome here. I think, you know, I, I laugh because this is, to me, the miracle of the podcast. Yeah. The way in which it goes out there. And of course, I, you know, I have to confess, right? I'm, I'm listening to things that are coming from different parts of the world. So right. I'm, I'm part of somebody else's absolutely audience right Same. but i it's it's kind of the laughter of delight yes yeah. right it's the sense that how cool is that that we are back and forth in that way listening in to one another and i i love it it's such like a um almost like in well it's not but <laughs> it's close to <laughs> as close as you can get to an evil even playing field when it comes to like mm. getting an audience you know because there used to be this huge barrier for you know for getting the word out when it comes to like television yeah. or even radio to some degree. But I feel like with podcasts and with digital media, it's like if you have something to say, you can say it and you're, you'll find your people. You will. And your people will find you. Yeah, That's the miraculous part of it for maybe I shouldn't use that word for it, but it feels like that it. way. Right. Oh no, yeah. And when somebody says, well, I just happened to come along this podcast that feels like there's it's kind of the power of unseen hands yeah right connecting us yeah I, I love it i love it i didn't know that about the connection with the united kingdom and russia I, yeah I, that might be new so, that, <laughs> so i think that is just spectacular it's very cool yeah we've had uh 164 plays in in russia isn't that something thanks guys Wow. I appreciate it. And then our fourth is Ireland and then Germany, Spain, France, Canada, Japan, India, Lithuania, Sweden, South Africa, Ukraine, Trinidad, Tobago, the Philippines, Croatia. I could go on. The Liz list goes on. Wow. It's very exciting. That's By the way, if it, it creeps you out that I have this data, by the way, that's all the data I have. Yeah. That's literally, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> It's not zooming into anyone's living room. Yes, we don't have any more demographic information than that. I just literally have where you're streaming from. So maybe some friends of ours were on a, a vacation. Possibly. It's hard right. to know. Um, but thanks. If you were uh, skiing in Switzerland and was, were listening to our podcast. I know. It diversified our insights. <laughs> I love it. It's so fun. So we are continuing on with our Christmas Carol series. Yes. Series, I suppose we can call it. Um, but quickly, a couple of quick announcements. So we'll have today's episode, the 100th episode. Yay. And then next week will be our 101th first. <laughs> right. Keep it awkward. Um, 101 episode. And then we will be taking two weeks off, mm -hmm. um, both of the podcast and the live stream, a nice little Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be back in January. First thing. January nine. January. That's a Sunday. So 10, 11, 11. There you go. I get there eventually. Somewhere in there. <laughs> Somewhere in there. That's second week in January. We'll be back with you all. Um, so just a little housekeeping there. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. So today we're actually talking about the spiritual go town on the mountain, mm -hmm. which I thought was such a fun idea. And also the soloist sang it yesterday in worship. 
Mm, um, it's beautiful. It was a fun setting, right? Mm -hmm. So that the setting we did was actually by the British composer John Rutter, mm -hmm. and he kind of schlocked it up, which mm -hmm. I thought was fun. There were not one, but two key changes in it. And I normally have a, a solid, like, I'll do one a month, maybe, at the most. And this was two and one, and I was like, well, now I'm done for the year. <laughs> but it was very fun, because I feel like that piece is always the right um, tone for a Christmas pageant mm. Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's joyful. It's sort of, there's a playfulness to it that I enjoy. It kind of swings, and it just... You can't help but sort of be happy when you hear that song, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. So that would be fun to dive into the history of a little bit because we have our trusty uh, hymn story. Yeah, thanks to you. And it seemed like you were you were drawn to this one. I was. And, you know, I think it's interesting that since this is our celebration of the 100th podcast, that we're talking about a Christmas carol with a title like Go Tell It on the Mountain, since we're using the podcast. Oh, nice tie-in. Go Tell It on the Mountain. Very nice. Right? And I remember reading, a, a, so this Christmas carol is based on the story of the shepherds who are interrupted in their work by angels. Yes. And instructed that they're to go and visit the, uh, the baby Jesus. And... Uh, the the message that I heard some years ago, but it always stayed with me, is that you know the shepherds are among the first visitors, but they're also the first preachers. Hmm. So that when they go to visit this infant Jesus, they see him, they see the family, and this becomes such a significant event in their lives. But then they need to go and talk about it. Mm -hmm. They need to tell the story. They don't keep it to themselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so this carol, which is built on the tradition of the spirituals is about this need to, well, it's about the reception of good news into our lives, which is a great thing whenever that happens, but don't keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Go tell it on the mountain, you know, that this infant who unto you is born this day a savior, mm -hmm. uh, they then take that news and say, wow, there's something really special happening through this child, and they go out and tell it. But I, Leslie, I didn't really know a lot about the background to this carol, that it Again, it emerges from uh, those slaves who had developed a tradition of singing to inspire themselves and keep their spirits up. Mm -hmm. And then out of this comes some of some music, which ultimately becomes becomes Christmas carols, and this is one of them. And we're so indebted to this man, John Wesley Work, Jr. Yeah, right, whose name was completely new to me, but born. In Nashville, as the story says, on or about August 6th, 1871. But without him, I'm, we might not have this Christmas right. carol. Right. Right? Yeah. And so it was so interesting <clears throat> that he sort of became part of this long and wonderful tradition of sort of what I call sort of spiritual anthropology mm. of going back and, and finding and reclaiming all these amazing work songs that gave people hope at such a dark time. Um and so it was, this story, I have to say the writing of the story was a little, there's some ambiguity in it mm -hmm. for me. And so we have the, we have Fisk University, which is in Nashville. And then there's these Jubilee singers mm -hmm. who are like, I guess like the, the college choir, right. gospel choir, yep. which I just immediately brought to mind of sort of different college singing opportunities and all I could think of how much fun they must have had singing all these songs together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, you have this go tell it on the mountain and that he wrote actually two new stanzas 
for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really interested to know, and this doesn't unfortunately tell us what the original mm. song was, like what the original work song, slave song sounded like. Cause he essence, he added two new stanzas. Um, and it sort of, you know, I kind of want to, you know, there's more there. What 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 was there? Yeah, which is very cool. It evolved. You know? It I evolved, which I think is nice that he added his own, his own um, flair. Yes. To it and felt so inspired by it, he wanted to fill it out so it could become a sort of a a, a usable carol, not to make you know, make it a more like typical carol length, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm so impressed by you. I, I love this thought uh, that there is material here that we don't have or don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting looking at Fisk's life, how he was hired on at Fisk as a professor of Latin and Greek. Right. What, right? Yeah. And then, but his greatest love was the preservation and performance of spirituals. And um, so I also love the fact that having written these two new stanzas, it became his custom before sunrise on Christmas morning to take students caroling from building to building, I guess on the campus of Fisk, yeah. singing Go Tell It on the Mountain. I wonder if that was kind of a mixed blessing for students. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> but here we go. I can't imagine college students want to wake up any earlier then than now. <laughs> I, I know. And you before know, sunrise. I, I read that and I also realized this is probably at a time where these students may not have had anywhere else to go. Oh, sure. Might not have been able to go home. Who knows what the circumstances were? Uh-huh. But uh, there may have been some students who needed to stay on campus the whole time. Yeah. And so he kind of took them under his wing and they went caroling. That's so interesting. I didn't even make that connection. And as as a young organist, I, you know, I, I experienced the the whoosh. <laughs> Of all right. my classmates yeah. leaving campus like a week before. Right. And then I would fly out usually on Christmas Day. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's so interesting to think that there were these 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 friends who were who were still there. And also <laughs> I've been thinking a lot about Harry Potter. And Harry Potter, I think, was still at Hogwarts on Christmas Day. You know, there's that kind of thing. Right. But this idea that you've got these sort of ragtag, I say that with great affection. These, these these people who have sort of there's a bond there of right. we're here for Christmas and then let's go caroling. I hope they had a great dinner later in the I day. I hope so too. <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall for that. I bet what a oh, magical day. Yeah. I hope it was. And they were singing a song, again rooted in that story about the the shepherds. And you know, for people singing this song who were enslaved, uh this idea that in in Jesus could be found a source of liberating power. Yeah. And in a, in a day, one day, when people would experience liberation in all sorts of ways, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what a gift then for him to to receive and collect that song so that it would not be lost. Right. Um, I just this is a little bit of a of a segue, but. There was a man in Scotland named Alexander Carmichael who also traveled through the west coast of Scotland Mm -hmm. in the 19th century because they were losing all of the wonderful folk songs that had been developed over the centuries. And Mm -hmm. he went out and collected them. And it was a six-volume collection, I think. And I I thought of him when I was reading about John Wesley Work Jr., whose sons then continued the tradition. Right, right. And 
sort of worked in this area. It's very, it's really interesting that, you know, because so much of music, so much of storytelling, which a lot of music is storytelling, was done orally. Right. And then somebody has to write it down, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, there's actually very funny on the, on the anthem version of Hotel on the Mountain we used yesterday, there's a little disclaimer (laughs) by Rudder where he says, um, Basically, many versions of this tune exist, uh, none of them definite. Uh, so I chose my favorite. Interesting. That's <laughs> what he said. I just went with the I one like I liked that. the most. And I was like, that's fair. Yeah. It's your copy. It's your arrangement. You're allowed to do that. But I appreciated the very, like, so I felt very British, very yeah. much like, yes, I know. This might be the way you know it, but this is what I went with. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's great. I, I wish we would do more of that in life, right? Say, I'm not exactly sure, you know, you've all got your thing, but this is how I'm doing it. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> Walk around with disclaimers. Go with me. Right, right exactly. <laughs> well, when we, you know, we've been taking a look at the hymn, at the carol in our in our hymn book, and um, I, this last stanza that says, Down in a lowly manger, the humble Christ was born, and God sent us salvation that blessed Christmas morn. So here's this vision of God who comes into the most humble circumstances, mm-hmm. loves the people who are there, loved them his entire life, right through the life of Jesus. And uh, what a sense of care that would have been an encouragement for people who were singing this song that mm-hmm. we, someone regards us, Yeah, you know, we're in the eyes of God, we are blessed and we are beloved. Others may not see us that way, but God does. And that becomes the whole cornerstone, you know, eventually for black theology Absolutely. coming out of these songs. Yeah. And so I just think of that one verse and how that is still the case for people uh, today. You know, this is why the church has always continued to reach out to the world, to those who are disenfranchised, to find a way to say, you are blessed, you're beloved, and we're going to make everything possible in our do everything possible in our power to help you enjoy that life and to thrive and flourish. Yeah. I really like how the the writing of the hymn story ends and it says to slaves in antebellum America, the birth of a liberating savior was a message to be heralded from the highest mountains. Mm-hmm. It still is for us all. Amen. Amen to that. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today on Roundhill Radio. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. <laughs>